Plus Extra Time Podcast. It's me, Rob. It's Monday. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, I can honestly tell you that I hate the weather this time of year. I mean, unless, you know, I was in some place nice, I guess. But I've always lived, like, in the north, I guess, where it snows all, like, during the winter. And I hate the transition going from, like, fall to winter. And, like, right now we're just kind of waiting for snow in the Stuttgart area. Um, a couple of days ago, my phone said it was supposed to snow tomorrow, which would be Tuesday, December 10th. Now it's not supposed to snow till Thursday. Um, but I, I just hate, like, I hate this time of year. I, I enjoy the snow, like seeing it, you know, even having a little snowball fight every once in a while. But, you know, I don't like driving in it. Um, I just, I don't like being cold, I guess. You know, I'm originally from New York, so I, you know, I've grown up dealing with snow and, you know, the cold weather and, you know, having white Christmases and all that stuff. But now that I'm older, um, I can't stand it. I like the sun. I like being warm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just this time of year. I can only imagine what it's like to be a footballer and, you know, to have to deal with the, like the cold weather elements for, you know, two 45 minute plus halves during, a, during a match. And, you know, it's not like they're wearing much, you know, I, I've seen some of these guys when they go to like, you know, they play in like Russia or like, you know, Denmark or whatever during the winter. And, you know, they have like full spandex suits on underneath their, their kit. And, uh, but you know, they're still wearing basically nothing. You know, they're not, they're not wearing hats. They're not covering their ears. Yes. They're moving for, you know, the majority of the game, but it's still cold, you know, and that ball is probably hard as, as a rock. I just couldn't imagine, couldn't imagine doing that. You know, when I was younger, I used to, I ran track, you know, in, in New York, it, it's still cold in like March and April and, you know, track season would start in March and then we'd be having meets in like early April. And I, I remember there was one time we had to run and it was, it was like, I don't know, like 29 degrees outside. And because of the rules in New York state, like we couldn't run with like our warm up stuff on. So we still had to run you know, with shorts and like singlets on and I was, just, I was miserable, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just terrible. I hate, I, I don't want to say I hate it, but I strongly dislike now the cold weather, but I just went off on a complete and unnecessary weather tangent. Um, like I said, I hope you guys had a great weekend. I know I did yesterday, went to a Christmas market, you know, those are big here in Germany, had some glue vine. It's like for people that don't know, it's basically like just warm wine, which sounds pretty disgusting, but it's like a German tradition thing. It's not too bad. Um, I had one of those, and I guess my second one was something else. It was called a hot captain. So it was like a drink made with Captain Morgan, but it was warm. I know that sounds really disgusting, but uh, yeah. So I was out in the cold yesterday, hanging around in a German uh, Christmas market. But it was a good time. It's one of those German things, I guess, you know, you got to experience. Um, on to the football, though. Um, had a busy week this week for the Premier League, especially last week, I should say. Um, they had two ma- they squeezed two match days into a week, which, you know, December is always busy for the Premier League. They like to cram a whole lot of games in, which I still don't understand how their schedule works. They don't take a, a, a winter break like the Bundesliga does. Um, but they have all these matches crammed in because, you know, they, they have the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup starts like the proper tournament starts. And then, you know, they 
pretty much always have a game the day after Christmas on Boxing Day, the 26th. And um, they just have so many games crammed in. It's it's pretty insane. But I'm just going to go over some scores real quick um, for match day 14. So this was earlier last week. Um, just some of the notable matches. Uh, we have Burnley 1, Man City 4, uh, Manchester United 2, Tottenham 1. Um, that was Jose Mourinho's first game against you know his former club now that he's a Tottenham manager. Um, and Man you, you know they, they showed up. I mean, they've, it seems like they're trying to save uh, Ole Gunnar Shosar's job um, lately. They've been playing pretty well. Um, Wolves 2, West Ham 0. Chelsea to Ashton Villa 1, uh, Leicester City 2, Watford 0, and then we had the Merseyside Derby uh, between Liverpool and Everton. Um, Everton is not what they used to be. Um, it's going to take probably some significant investment um, in order to get them you know, competitive in this match um, you know, in the near future, uh, but it was Everton 5, or excuse me, Liverpool 5, Everton 2. And then Arsenal continues to struggle. You know, they got rid of their manager, but, uh, you know, it, it's always tough when a new guy comes in, I'm sure. But uh, it was Arsenal 1, Brighton and Hove Albion, a team that they were expected to beat um, 2. All right, so the matches um, for match day 15, which, you know, there were like three or four days separating match day 14 and match day 15. Uh, just some of the no- notable matches. We had the Manchester Derby. Uh, hosted by Man City, um, but it was Man City 1, Man United 2, um, and, you know, Man City wasn't even really in this game. Uh, Rashford scored a penalty early, um, 23rd minute, and then Anthony Martial scored again in the 29th, and they basically kept, uh, Man United basically kept Man City scoreless until Otamendi got one in the 85th minute, but that was just a consolation goal. It wasn't going to do anything. They were just, you know, dominated by, by Man U this match. So um, it sucks for them, you know, having dropped points again. Um, you know, they're steadily chasing Liverpool, and it doesn't seem like like they're going to catch up at all, you know. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, they, they need to get Sergio Aguero back. He wasn't in this match. And then Ederson, you know, he's still out. Um, and Moras played in goal. They didn't even have Cla- uh, Claudio Bravo in there to play at goal. So, you know, there's just a lot of things going on for Man City. And it's only going to get worse because, you know, so many matches crammed in. Luckily for them, they don't have to play in, like, the the Club World Cup. So they don't have to leave, you know, the country, really, um, to play in any of their matches. But, you know, it's still congested schedule. And with all those injuries, it just, uh, I don't know, it doesn't look good. All right, we had uh, Bournemouth 0, Liverpool 3, and, you know, Liverpool dominated this match. They had two goals in the first half, you know, a third in the second. Um, but Sadio, Sadio Mane did not play in this match, but, you know, it's on the road, and Liverpool has not lost a match this season, so um, they're doing quite well. I think they've only drawn one this season, so they, they're on, like, 14 wins and one draw, zero losses. Um, let's see, we had Everton 3, Chelsea 1, Tottenham 5, Burnley 0, Ashton Villa 1, Leicester City 4, and tonight we got West Ham hosting Arsenal, you know, another London, big London match. 
hopefully Arsenal can, you know, do something. Um, let's see. So right now, top six in the Premier League. I'm only going to do top six from now on. I'm not doing top ten anymore. It seems like too much. Because, um, you know, top six is usually the Champions League and Europa League places anyway. So um, we got Liverpool in first and 46 points. Uh, Leicester City in second with 38. Man City in third with 32. So they're even two you know, full wins behind Leicester City now. Um, Chelsea in fourth with 29. And then Man United and Wolves both with uh, 24 points apiece. So, you know, Man United, I mean, they've rattled off two wins in a row. So, you know, Ole might still be the manager, you know, on January 1st if they continue playing the way that they have been, you know. So, and, you know, winning that Manchester Derby is huge for them. So, um, I mean, we'll see how they do going forward. Um, and also, you know, Liverpool continues to roll. I think they're going to win the Club World Cup, which I'll talk about later on. But uh, I don't know. They just they seem unstoppable. And Manier wasn't even playing in this match. So uh, unless they have, like, some some serious injuries, I mean, they could potentially have a season where they don't lose, which, you know, would be crazy. I mean, it hasn't happened since... Arsenal did it, what, 0304, um, the Invincibles. Um, I'm actually reading a book about that right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they are, they haven't qualified for the knockout stages for the Champions League yet. They only have one match left. Um, but I, th- I don't think they've ever qualified before the last match day under Jurgen Klopp for the knockout stages in the Champions League. But, you know. I mean, they, they'll have the opportunity this week. Um, they have their final group stage match. And we'll see. I mean, they've been playing great. So, all right, moving on to the Bundesliga. Um, let's see. We got Borussia Dortmund 2. League leaders, Borussia Dortmund 2. They were league leaders going into this match. Um, Bayern Munich 1. I mean, that's surprising. I definitely didn't think that uh, Mönchengladbach would be able to to slow Bayern down. But, you know. They're doing their thing. I mean, they're on top of the league for a reason. Um, RB Leipzig, three. Hoffenheim, one. Uh, Borussia Dortmund, five. Fortuna Dusseldorf, zero. Union Berlin, or Union Berlin, uh, two. Clone, zero. And Bayer Leverkusen, two. Schalke, one. Um, so after 14 matches, this is how the table looks. Um, Borussia Mönchengladbach is in first with 31 points. RB Leipzig is in second with uh, 30. Borussia Dortmund's in third with 26. Schalke's in fourth with 25. Uh, Freiburg is in fifth with also with 25. And I want to say Leverkusen and Schalke played last night. Um, I think they were the last match. No, they were not, actually. Um, Leverkusen right now has 25 points. So. Fourth, fifth, and sixth um, are all sitting on 25 points. All right. That's the Bundesliga. Nothing really surprising. I mean, aside from Bayern not even being in the top six. So at this point, they're not even in a Europa League position. Um, But there's a lot of games left to play, and there's a lot of weak teams in the Bundesliga. So Bayern will definitely be able to make up some of those points. I think they'll be back in the top six before... Um, the end of the year, and then they'll go on the the winter break, so there really won't be any Bundesliga for 
the entire month of January. I think they may come back like at the very end, like the last week in January, last four days. That's when the Bundesliga starts back up. But uh, yeah, Bundesliga season, not season, but the midway point is, is coming fast. All right. Um, so on to Serie A. We have Inter Milan 0, Roma 0, Udinese 1, Napoli 1. Napoli's just not where you'd expect them to be. They just, I don't know what, what's going on with them. They, they're having some issues internally with Carlos Ancelotti and the, the owner of the club. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that how that pans out. Um, but he probably won't be there. He he will probably finish the season, but I don't think he's going to be back as coach next year. Plus, you know, there's a lot of openings in other European clubs for him to go to. Um, let's see. Lazio three, Juventus one. Um, I actually watched uh, the first half of this match. Um, I don't know why, because I really have no interest in either team. But uh, it was actually it was it was pretty good. I mean. You know, a lot of people have been talking about how Cristiano Ronaldo's falling off and, you know, he's not the Ronaldo that we're used to. But uh, he actually scored the, the opening goal of the match. Um, it was, you know, I don't want to say it was like a sneaky goal, but it was something that was, you know, relatively crafty that I thought the goalkeeper should have been able to get to. But because it was Ronaldo, he, he couldn't. Um, so they went into the half up 1-0 and then Lazio came back and, you know, obviously put up three goals. Uh, Juventus did have a uh, red card in the 69th minute um, given to Cuadrado, and then Lazio scored two goals after that. So, you know, that, that definitely hurt them. Um, let's see, we had Sassuolo 2, Cagliari 2, and then we had the last match. Uh, it was on last night. Bologna 2, AC Milan 3. So, uh, right now the table top six after 15 matches um, we got Inter on top with 38 points Juventus in second with 36 and you know they could have you know taken advantage of Inter only getting a draw against Roma but you know they <laughs> Juventus ended up losing themselves so they, they didn't help themselves um, Lazio's in third with 33 points um, fourth place we have Cagliari with 29 points, Roma's in fifth with 29, and Atalanta, surprisingly, is in sixth with 28 points. But Atalanta's, you know, they're not having a, a bad season. They're actually doing pretty well in the Champions League. They're on the cusp of potentially qualifying for the knockout stages in their very first outing in the Champions League. But like I said, I will talk about Champions League a little bit later on. All right, uh, let's see. Moving on to, let's see, where am I going? La Liga. All right, uh, so we had Villarreal, 0, Atletico Madrid, 0, Real Madrid, 2, Espanyol, 0, uh, Benzema and Varin both scored in that match. Seems like Real Madrid kind of has completely turned their season around, I guess, from what we saw earlier in the year. Uh, Levante, 2, Valencia, 4, Barcelona, 5. Real Mallorca, 2. Messi had a hat-trick in that match. Ibar, 0. Getafe, 1. Real Betis, 3. Athletic Bilbao, 2. It's actually like not that bad. 
the the late match on that was on last night was Asasuna one Sevilla one. Um, so right now the table, um, most teams have played. 16 matches with the exception of Barcelona and Real Madrid, who actually sit on top of the table. They're both in first and second with 34 points. Um, Sabia's in third with 31. Real Sociedad is in fourth with 27. Getafe in fifth with 27. And Athletic Bilbao in sixth with 26. So Atletico Madrid is outside the top uh, six right now, but, you know, still some, some games to play. Uh, but Sevilla is doing really well. Um, unlike Granada, Granada at one point was on top of the table, and I don't even know. I think that was like what a month ago, six, seven weeks ago, maybe. And now they're barely in the top ten. So, um, kind of surprising. But we get at the uh, what is it on the eighteenth of December? We finally get El Clasico. You know, after it was moved, it'll be in Barcelona. Um, yeah, finally get to see Real and Barcelona play each other, the two teams in the uh, on top of the table. All right, so let's see. Moving on to Liga 1, French League. Um, let's see. We had Lille 1, Brest 0, Nemes 0, Lyon 4, Montpellier 1, Paris Saint-Germain, three. And Mbappe, Icardi, and Neymar all scored in that match. Um, Monaco, three. Amiens, zero. Nice, four. Metz, one. Marseille, three. Bordeaux, one. Nantes, one. And Dijon, zero. So as it stands right now, um, you know, the table hasn't really changed since... Since the last match day, we got PSG. They've only played 16 matches. They have one delayed. They were supposed to play against uh, Monaco. Um, PSG is on top with uh, 39 points, followed by Marseille, who has 34. Lille has moved up there in uh, third place with 28 points. Rennes is in fourth with 27. And then Bordeaux and Nantes both have 25 points. So, you know, some of the, the usual suspects... Um, let's see, Lyon, Saint-Étienne, they're not in the top six anymore. Um, Monaco, though, surprisingly, is moving up. I remember, you know, early on, they were struggling at the beginning of the season. Um, but now, you know, they've, they've moved up. They're almost in the top 10. They're sitting in 11th place right now. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that works. I'm going to take a quick break and I will be back. Alright, so I'm back. Um had the Ballon d'Or uh, present, presented last week, but I released last week's show before the actual ceremony. Um, but like it was leaked, uh Lionel Messi did end up winning his record six Ballon d'Or. Um, you know, the leak though wasn't entirely accurate. It did have the top two. The votes were off, I guess, but um it because it was actually a lot closer than um, you know, what the "Quote unquote leak" had suggested, um, but they did get uh, the fact that Messi <clears throat> was going to edge out Van Dyke. Um, you know, and immediately after it happens, you know, there's people questioning whether or not Lionel Messi should have won the Ballon d'Or, saying you know um, he didn't win the Champions League, and then 
you know, they had that, Barcelona had that collapse against Liverpool. You know, Virgil van Dijk had the year where, you know, people weren't able to dribble past him. And, you know, and it's only for calendar year 19. Um, you know, it's not for the, for the season. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, you have to give it to Messi. I mean, I don't know. Van Dyke's a he's a great player. I mean, and who knows? He probably will have another chance to, uh, you know, to be a candidate for winning the Ballon d'Or again. But um, Messi, you know, has had a, so far just in the what is it the nineteen twenty season or let's just say you know from the summer to now. Let's see. He's played in um, ten matches in La Liga. He has twelve goals and five assists. Yes, two of those goals came from penalties, but, you know, still, I mean, he had a hat trick the other night. You know, Messi is just, he's just messy. Plus, you know, he, he came back from an injury. Um, and then you factor in, like, you know, he, they had a, a pretty decent, uh, Argentina did had a pretty decent uh, Copa America run. And then on top of what he did, you know, from January to May or June of last season. Um, and let's see, in the Champions League this year, he in five matches, he only has two goals, but three assists. But his team is also already qualified for the, the knockout stages. I mean, I, I can totally understand the argument of wanting to give it to a defensive player, especially somebody that performed as well as Van Dyke did last year. But I think he has to he's going to have to come with a little bit more um, than just, you know, no one being able to dribble past him, which I think is phenomenal. I think that's amazing as a defender um, in football. I mean, that's that's crazy. but. Uh, you're just going to have to bring a little bit more, especially against somebody like Messi, who was going into this was already a five-time winner, you know. Um, but, you know, hats off to him. Um, the voting, I guess, um, in the top five, you had Messi, Van Dyke, Cristiano Ronaldo, Sadio Mane, and then Mohamed Salah. But it looks like there was only seven votes between Messi and Van Dyke, while Ronaldo had 200 less than Messi. And yeah, about 200 less than Van Dyke as well. So, you know, hats off to all five of those guys. But, uh, you know, obviously Messi had the had the better year, got more votes. Um, on the other side, though, um, fellow American Megan Rapinoe, you know, 2019 Women's World Cup star. <laughs> uh, she won it for the women and it wasn't even close. Um I recently read something that she only played this calendar year that she only played in five matches for her for her club team. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I, I went to look it up. I couldn't find the I couldn't find the stats for it, but um, that was something that I read. I mean, it, this isn't the first time that something's happened like this. Uh, I don't know who the male player was, but he had only played like less than 10 matches for his club team. But he had an amazing World Cup. I'm not I'd have to look that up. Um but he also won the Ballon d'Or and, uh, you know, didn't really have much of a club appearance. However, Megan Rapinoe basically made the Women's World Cup like her show. So, I mean, there was, there was in my opinion, there was no doubt that she was going to win it. Um, you know, in the World Cup, in five matches, she had six goals, three assists, and three goals from penalties. So, um, she was the name that everybody was talking about at the World Cup. So, um, I mean, she, she brought it. You know, so hats off to her. Um, let's see. The top five voting was uh, Megan Rapinoe, uh, Lucy Bronze, Alex Morgan, Ada Hegeberg, who won it last year, and Vivian Medima. 
Um, but it wasn't even close. I mean, Rapino had, you know, more than 130 votes over the second place um, finisher. So uh, congratulations to both of them. You know, hopefully they have a, you know, pretty decent 2020 and, you know, we'll see how that goes. All right. Um, on to the MLS. I know the MLS is out of season right now, but uh, they just recently released their their schedule for the 2020 season, and it's going to be starting extremely early. So it's actually going to start in February instead of the first week in March. It'll start on February 29th, which is, you know, as most people know, is a day that only occurs once every four years, uh, but earliest start in league history. And then the two newcomers into the league, um, Nashville SC, they're going to be hosting Atlanta United on opening day. And then David Beckham's club, Inter-Miami, they'll play in L.A., but not against the L.A. Galaxy. It'll be against LAFC uh, on March 1st. So um, two teams, especially David Beckham's team, we've been waiting for Beckham's team to join the league for what seems like 10 years now. Um, but it'll be good to see the uh, MLS expanding. Um, they put Nashville into the Western Conference of the MLS, while Miami is going to be in the Eastern Conference. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that. I mean, that's still you know, about two and a half months away before the start of that season. Man, it's going to be cold. I couldn't imagine, you know, teams like Colorado playing in <laughs> February. I mean, that's that's going to be rough. Um, or even teams like New York, Montreal, and Toronto. You know, that's going to be rough for them, too, playing that early. But, I mean, it's only a week difference, but still, February is February. Um, let's see, other MLS news. Oh, Thierry Henry, he just became the manager of the Montreal Impact. Um, congratulations to him. Hopefully, he has a better go at this one than he did with, uh, with Monaco. Um, you know, that was his very first, like, primary managing job. You know, he was like an assistant manager with uh, the Belgium national team. Um, you know, he didn't do too too terribly there. I thought he did pretty well. Um, but, you know, Monaco was a completely different story where he was only able to get four wins, five draws, and 11 losses. So hopefully, you know, he'll be able to go to Montreal and do something. Um, I think it's cool bringing him in there. You know, he used to play for the New York Red Bulls. And um, he speaks French, obviously, so that's that's always good. So maybe we'll see Montreal turn it around this year. Who knows? All right. Um, coming up tomorrow and on Wednesday, um, we have the match day six, the final match day for the UEFA Champions League. There's still a lot of spots that need to be determined. Um, I'm going to go through these real quick because um, there, there's some teams that have not qualified that, you know, you would expect at this point in the, in the um, Champions League season that they would already be have a secure spot, but that's definitely not the case. All right, so I'm just going to go group by group. Uh, group A, uh, let's see, PSG and Real Madrid, they've already advanced. Um, Club Brugge and Galatasaray, though, are playing for that final, or not final, but they're playing for that transfer spot in the Europa League. So whoever finishes in third will will get that. Um, but... Brugge is playing Real Madrid and Galatasaray is playing Paris. So, you know, one of them need to get a result if they want to, you know, secure moving on to the Europa League. But right now, after five matches, um, PSG's on top with 13 points. 
Real Madrid in second with eight, and they both those teams have already qualified. And then Ruga is sitting at third and with three points, and Galatasaray is in last with two points. So they need to get a result, or if they don't, if both teams lose, you know, it'll be Club Ruga moving on. All right, Group B. Uh, let's see, we have Bayern and Tottenham. They've already both advanced. Um, we have Red Star Belgrade and Olympiacos playing for that Europa League spot, but they're actually playing against each other, so that'll make that interesting. Um, but Red Star, they only need a, a draw. If they get a draw, at least, um, they will move on to the Europa League. If they lose, though, they're going home, and then Olympiacos will be going into the Europa, or, yeah, into the Europa League. So right now that group is Bayern on top with 15. They have not lost a match. Um, Tottenham in second with 10 points. Uh, Red Star Belgrade in third with three, and then Olympiacos in last with one point. Group C, um, only one team has uh, secured moving on to the knockout, st- knockout stages. That is uh, Manchester City. Um, Manchester City will be playing against Dynamo Zagreb, and then Atalanta will be playing against Shakhtar Donetsk. So it's still kind of wide open for those, those last couple of spots. Um, or excuse me, for the second spot for moving to the knockout stages as well as the Europa League spot for the third place finisher. So right now the group is Man City, who's already advanced. They've got 11 points. Shakhtar is in second with six. Dynamo Zagreb is in third with five points. And Atalanta is in last with four points. However, you know, Atalanta, they're playing against Shakhtar Donetsk. They, they already played against Man City. So if they can squeeze somehow, squeeze out a win here, and Man City defeats Dynamo Zagreb, Atalanta. This is their first time in the Champions League, but they will move on to the knockout stages. So we'll see. Um, all right, Group D. Um, Juventus is the only team that has uh, advanced so far, and then Lokomotiv Moscow has been eliminated. They cannot move on um, to even the Europa League. Um, and then you have Juve playing against or hosting Bayer Leverkusen and then Atletico Madrid hosting Locomotive. Um, so, you know, it's between Atleti and Leverkusen, who's going where? You know, one of them's going to the Europa League and one of them's moving on to the Champions League. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, they're not playing each other. But uh, right now that group is Juve on top with 13 points. Atalanta, or excuse me, Atletico Madrid is in second with seven points. Bayer Leverkusen in third with six. And then Locomotive being eliminated, they've only got three points. Um, see group E, no team has qualified for the knockout stages yet. This is like a really, really close group. Um, Genk, unfortunately they've already been eliminated, so they can't move to the, uh, to the Europa League even, but we got Red Bull Salzburg hosting Liverpool and Napoli hosting Genk. So those teams are, they're all playing for those Champions League you know, knockout stage spots, and then that one Europa League. Um, but right now, as the group stands, Liverpool's on top with 10. Um, Napoli's in second with 9. And RB Leipzig in third with 7. And then Genk, like I said, they've been eliminated. They have one point. But that, that match between uh, Red Bull, Salzburg, and Liverpool will be interesting. And it's it's in Salzburg, too. So um, I hope I said, did I say at the beginning, did I say? RB Leipzig. I hope I didn't say RB Leipzig, but um, 
Red Bull Salzburg. I mean, they, they've given a lot of teams some issues. You know, they have Holland, who's just crazy, seems to score goals at will. You know, a bunch of teams in Europe are trying to trying to get him now. Um, so, but there's there is still the possibility. I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty remote, but there's the possibility that Liverpool could be playing in the Europa League after this match if they don't come correct. Um, there is definitely the possibility. Um, let's see, Group F. Barcelona is the only team that's advanced so far. Slavia Prague has been eliminated. Um, and then we have Inter hosting Barca, which will probably be the match of the week. And then Dortmund hosting Slavia Prague. Um, Barca sitting on top with 11 points. Inter and Dortmund both have seven. And then Slavia Prague has two points. So, um, Group G. RB Leipzig has already secured their position in the knockout stages. Um, we've got, let's see, Lyon hosting RB Leipzig and then Benfica hosting Zenit St. Petersburg. No teams have been eliminated, so it's still kind of wide open. But right now on top of the group is RB Leipzig with 10 points. Zenit and Lyon both have seven and then Benfica have four or have four. So, you know, there's definitely a lot that can still happen for those, those last two spots. Um, then finally we got group H again. No team has, has secured moving on to the knockout stages. Um, so we have Ajax hosting Valencia and then Chelsea hosting Lille. Uh, Lille has been eliminated, so they can't do anything. But uh, let's see, we got Ajax in first with 10, and then Valencia and Chelsea both have 8, and Lille's in last with 1 point. So, you know, there's still a lot that can happen um, the, over these two match days. but. You know, come Wednesday night, we'll know who's going to the Europa League and who is moving on in the Champions League. So, uh, Champions League group stage is like my favorite part of the season. And it's always, I, I always hate to see it like end, but I do love the fact that there's all this drama on the last, the last match day, which is, which is great. Um, all right. So next I'm going to be talking about the 2020 Copa America. Um, they finally have decided to actually go with like a normal format because this will be, let's see, they had one in 16, they had one in 19, and now they're having another one. So this will be the third Copa America in four years. But after this, when 2020 starts, it'll be every four years. They're going to be like in lockstep with uh, the Euros. So it'll be even years every four years, just like the European Championships. Um this one, though, it's going to be hosted between two countries. It's going to be Argentina and Colombia. It's going to be start next June and next July. Um, you know, because Commonwealth only has 10 teams. And in the past, they've done, they've invited two teams so they could have three groups of four teams. Well, now they've decided to completely change that format. And I still don't understand why they're inviting two teams, even though now they've gone down from three groups to two, but it's two groups of six teams. Um, we'll see how this works. I've never seen any, anything else been played like this. I mean, it just seems a little weird, but um, let's see in group A or the Southern zone, because, you know, Argentina is the host in the group. You have Argentina, Australia, Bolivia, Uruguay, Chile, and Paraguay. 
And then in Group B or the North Zone, you have Colombia, Brazil, Qatar or Qatar, uh, Ecuador, Peru, and Venezuela. Um, so it seems like they've also set this up so that you know it could be a potential Brazil Argentina final. Um, but you know, I mean, anything can happen. So you know, this it's not just Brazil and Argentina. Obviously, Chile they've had their uh, they've had their their you know pretty decent moments. Um, Colombia is a good team. Um, and you know, Qatar actually has been surprising people recently. I mean, they are the reigning AFC champions. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that works. So I just I just don't understand why they've decided to to keep adding two teams if they're gonna break it down to uh, just two groups instead of having three. Um, you know, maybe it's just a tradition thing. Maybe they still want to invite some outsiders. I don't know, but, um, there's two groups. So the top two teams in each group, or excuse me, top four teams in each group will advance. They'll play each team one time. So, you know, there's going to be for in the, in the group stage, there'll be five match days. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see, see how it works. I mean, I just, just. I can't wrap my head around still inviting two teams, but um, well, we'll see how it works out. And I'm sure it'll be a great tournament. The uh, Copa America always is. And there's a plane flying over me right now. I'm sure you guys can probably hear that because it's really loud because it's really low. But, you know, it's the disadvantage of living near an airport in the Stuttgart area. All right. So last but not least, uh, actually, this isn't last second to last. Uh, I want to talk about the... Um, FIFA Club World Cup, which is going to start in about two days. Um, you know, it still has that weird format because there's like an odd number of teams. Um, but the first round, the first match that will be played on December 11th, it'll be between Al Saad from Qatar. You know, they're the team from the host country. Um, they're the winners of the Qatar Stars League. They will be hosting. Um, let's see. I. I I actually had to look this up how to spell it. Hyangging Sport. They are they're from New Caledonia. They are the 2019 OFC Champions League winners. So the two of them will play each other in the opening, the first round of the Club World Cup, and then whoever wins that will move on to the second round. They'll play against Monterey, who are the 2019 Concacaf Champions League's win, Champion League winners, and yeah. So it, the, the format for the Club World Cup is so, so confusing. Um, and the next match in the second round will be Al-Hilal from Saudi Arabia. They're the 2019 AFC Champions League winners. They'll be playing against Esperance de Tunis from Tunisia, who are the 2019-2018 CAF Champions League winners, the African Confederation winners. Um, so let's see. So the winners of the match between Al Hilal and Esperance de Tunis will play against Flamingo, who just won the Copa Libertadores from Comebol, the team from Brazil. And then the winner of whoever wins from the first round game between Al Saad and Hyangin Sport and Monterey will end up playing against Liverpool, who won the, the UEFA Champions League. You know, they're obviously from England. Um, but like I've always said about the Club World Cup in this format, it's it's basically set up so that the winners from UEFA will play against the winners from 
Conmebol or South America. Um, they don't come into the semifinals anyway, so they basically just have to win one game to make it to the final. They're usually typically the stronger teams anyway. Um, so, I mean, unless there's some type of shock, I'm pretty much planning on expecting a Liverpool versus Flamengo final. And then in that match, it is anybody's game because, you know, both teams are playing well. I think that Liverpool kind of has maybe a slight advantage, um, you know, talent wise. But Flamengo has an advantage because, you know, they've already won their Brazilian league. And I don't know, Liverpool has a bunch of games they have to play in a short period of time. So they might be tired and Flamengo might be able to take advantage of that. Who knows? that's basically uh that's basically i'm assuming that's what the final will be but we'll see what happens um i just can't see any of those other teams beating liverpool or flamengo so yeah that's that that's the um 2019 fifa club world cup i'll talk more about it next week on next week's show um lastly finally last but not least uh tonight VFB Stuttgart is playing. Not going to go to the game because it's going to be cold. <laughs> and it's a late game. It doesn't start till 8.30 tonight. Um, you know, my wife's got to work early tomorrow, so I'm not going to, you know, keep her out in the cold. And late, you know, she'll hate me tomorrow morning. Uh, but Stuttgart's hosting Nuremberg. Um, right now, Nuremberg is in 16th place in the second Bundesliga. They're in that relegation playoff position. They have 15 points. And Stuttgart is currently in fourth place. Um, they'll move up to third with any kind of result, a win or a draw tonight. They just cannot lose. I do not want Stuttgart to lose to Nuremberg. Um, ugh, it would just be tragic. But they're at home. They, they need to just, they need to bring it. They, that's, that's it. I mean, there's, there's really nothing else to say about it. They just need to bring it and, you know, do what they have to do in order to win this match. I think they owe it to the fans. They owe it to themselves. Um, I just don't want to be talking about Stuttgart losing next week on the podcast. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'm probably going to try to watch the game. Um, we'll, see, we'll see what else is going on. But hopefully they win. So, all right. Um, I'm going to end the show. Um, you know, please email me. Um, you know, Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the Instagram is 90 plus ET. The Twitter is at 90 plus ET. And then the email is 90 plus ET at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, I hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy some uh, some football. Um, you know, hopefully you guys are, well, some of you guys are someplace where it's warm. Enjoy some sun for me because I probably won't see the sun again until March. Um, I just want to thank everybody for, for listening, taking the time to listen. Um, I, I, I really, really thoroughly appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I can't believe I've, this podcast has made it to the 20th episode. I never, never envisioned, you know, making it this far. But um, like I said, it's because of you guys. Thanks for listening and uh, have a great week. I will talk to you next Monday. Um, all right. Bye.